Welcome to the Hamilton High School Podcast with your hosts, Gilchristian Boyer, George Bakazi, and Paul Muser. Today we're going to talk about Antifa, NFL football and CTE, and the UCLA players called shoplifting in China. And uh, today as well, we're excited to have our guest, uh, Sohail Hajri. Let's have a show. Okay, so our first topic today, Antifa. What is Antifa? Uh, Antifa is short for anti-fascist America. The group doesn't actually have an official leader, like headquarters anywhere. It's kind of, um, there's a, some states have uh, some regular meetings, but it isn't really an organized territory. So really, what, what do they believe? Uh, well, Antifa, has been, it's a group that has been uh, gaining popularity since the election of Donald Trump. And the main goal for Antifa is to, to end the Trump-Pence regime. Yeah, they were often uh, blamed by authority, authorities for the attacks on police. Many, um, they're, they're often violent, and uh, many of their rallies are, uh, have police there because um, it's quite dangerous and it can sometimes get out of hand. And also, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, um, they classified all of their act- most of their activities as domestic terrorist violence. Um, Antifa is supposed to get rid of fascism, which is a form of radical authoritarianism and nationalism. Um, characterized by dictatorial power, which is funny because Trump was elected through the Electoral College from the American people. And, I mean, that's a, that's a great point that you just brought up. And a lot of Americans, American citizens, they question the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really don't know how we can, we can move forward with it, as I think it's the most accurate way to really determine who should be the president. Yeah, I think often um, they, they blame um, the Russia scandal, which I, I think is a fair point that uh, the Russia scandal is a problem with uh, Trump and we have to look into that but they they the means that they try and like get their message across is very undemocratic and it, it just like goes against their whole point of- yes there's actually been there's been multiple multiple videos of Antifa members just r- r- hurting other people and there was there was one video that really shocked me where an Antifa member used a bike lock to whip someone a chain bike lock to whip someone with and that's just not I don't think that's a that's a positive message they're sending through yeah it's definitely not a way that you should try to get your point across I mean, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. I, and it, it definitely doesn't make them, like, look good in the eyes of other people, people who have different opinions. They definitely don't look good in others' eyes. And then speaking about different opinions, what they're trying to get rid of is hate speech, and then they get confused with hate speech and hate crime. When you get rid of the prefix, you're looking at crime versus speech. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, often a problem is uh, also they, they, try and, um, they try and be very violent at their rallies, and it's just... It goes against the point of democracy. It goes against. It's not peaceful protest, which is what's in the constitution. It's actually illegal, and like they're go- Yeah, it's. Yeah, and we 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 went to an Antifa rally on November fourth, and there was there was at least twenty five policemen. It was in at the Boston Common, and I I find I find it quite hard to understand why do they have to be so violent? It's it's crazy, and it's so bad that they might be hurting themselves as most leftists, most people on, most people on the left will not agree with what they have to say and the means that they portray themselves. And also, so as you're saying, they're being very violent, right? And pr- when they're protesting, they're trying to convince people, you know, they're trying to convince people their, their side of the argument. But it, it's, I find it very hard to do that when you're not liked by many, many people and you're just, you're doing all the wrong things. Yeah, essentially they're like pushing moderates to the other side. They're pushing them towards the Trump side, people who see the violence Antifa is making and then they see Trump who... I mean, there is the Russia scandal, but he hasn't really done anything that's undemocratic. 
and like that we can that we know for sure and so it kind of pushes people towards the right and like it's a big problem it's funny because they're the biggest hypocrites in america they're trying to get rid of fascism which a part of fascism has to do with authoritarianism and what they're saying is if you don't believe in our ideology then we're gonna shut you down and if you still don't want to get shut down then we're gonna beat you up we're gonna you know just cause all this violence yeah, basically, you're not allowed to disagree with them. Yeah, and I mean, let's get it clear. I'm personally, I'm not a Trump fan at all, and I I would prefer any other person rather than Trump to be in office. But I just don't think what their goal is feasible. Like, let's take for example, um, the feminist movement. Why do I support the feminist movement? Because the feminist movement is not violent. Because the feminist movement actually works for the greater good. And Tifa simply does not do that. The feminist movement is not violent. You know, and I appreciate that. It's the same thing with the Black Lives Matter movement. The Black Lives Matter movement is not violent. And you can see Antifa's not catching any steam. And those two movements, they're catching steams because they make sense and they're not violent. Even the stories of the Black Lives Movement, like many of the people there, actually breaking up fights, trying to keep it peaceful because they want to get their message across. And I think that's the right way to protest and like have a peaceful protest. I find something funny about the Black Lives uh, Matters movement is that uh, according to the LA Times, when you have a 10% uh, increase in the size of the police force, the rate of homicide drops down by 9%, robbery by 6%, and vehicle theft by 4% each year. So what their message is pretty much for Black Lives Matter that police brutality is causing young black men and women to get killed. When well, the facts actually go against it. And if you're white, you have a 7% chance higher, 7% higher chance of getting killed. Well, actually, I, I disagree on you on that point. As a lot of the, the, the systemic issues that African Americans face is because of they, they, they don't have as much opportunity as, 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 white, as, as white citizens. As um, African Americans are raised in neighborhoods that are not as great as... as and we come from a very affluent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Compared to neighborhoods around us with, with majority African Americans, you cannot compare it. Yeah, we could honestly have a discussion like all day about uh, Black Lives Matter and um, how the how the, what their goals are and if they're really like if they're right if their goals are correct. Like there there is um some problems with the police, but um I think honestly um it, I was just trying to put the point across that they're trying to do everything in a democratic way. They're trying to do it peacefully, most of them, and I think uh, that's the better way to go when going for protests. That very true. If you're trying to get people to come onto your side. Violence is simply not the way to do it, and and that's what Antifa is doing. They have tried to shut down uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro spoke at UC Berkeley. Uh, they tried to shut him down. Six hundred thousand dollars. They made UC Berkeley spend over six hundred thousand dollars on security, and the, for me, it's I, I don't mind. UC Berkeley can spend as much money as they want. But the problem is that the UC Berkeley administration is simply defending these people. And there is reason. Ben Shapiro is a hard conservative. There is reason to be alarmed by what he has to say. But I, I don't think the, the administration should defend the Antifa members as the administration offered free um, counseling classes, free counseling sessions for these members. But they destroyed the school. I, I don't know how we can live up with that. And then back, back to the Antifa rally with Ben, uh, with ben Shapiro. They had to sell only the auditorium at UC Berkeley has two two levels. They had to sell only the first level because they were afraid peop- Antifa members would rip off the chairs of the auditorium on the second level and throw it down at the people below them. Which they don't know if those people are supporting Ben Shapiro or not. And the thing is, wh- why doesn't Antifa want Ben Shapiro to speak? Are they afraid that what their argument isn't strong enough and that people are going to start like um, agreeing with the with the other side? What do you think, Paul? Yeah, and honestly, I think um, uh, actually, I don't know, Gil. Yeah, Ben Shapiro. For me, uh, I've, I've I've listened to Ben Shapiro a little bit, but um, he's a conservative. That's that we have to keep that in mind. But I would I would like to say that I I would I think he's the more um, moderate conservative. Mm-hmm. As I'm personally, I'm not a conservative, but 
if there was a conservative I would listen to, it would be Ben Shapiro. And I just think it's kind of crazy how they're placing Ben Shapiro, who, by the way, happens to be Jewish. Mm -hmm. He's been called all these names. He's been called a neo-Nazi, an anti-Semitist, and it's... It's ridiculous. Antifa has to stop this. They really have to. If, they really, if they're really fighting for the greater good and they really do care about what's happening in our government, they need to drop the violence and be democratic about what they do. Yeah, like, honestly, just, just, just to finish this off, if they're going to keep, like, if they're going to keep going the way they are, I don't think they're going to keep, like, getting popularity and advance in their, in their movement. Yeah, their inability to have a discussion is leading to their end and leading to no one really wanting to associate themselves with Antifa and... Uh, anti-Trump movement in general. Yeah, that's... Uh, and a, a fun, funny thing is that a lot of Democrats, a lot of independents, actually, and independent me members of government, they, they don't want Trump in office. But Antifa is basically telling them, either you're with us and follow our violent ways, or you're not. And Antifa... And you're wrong. And, you're wrong. and, and that's, not, that's not a good thing. They, they, you don't need to draw that line. And by doing that, Antifa is alienating people who may agree with what they have to say because they just simply don't agree with their manners of how to push through. So, I mean, the closing, the closing part would be, you know what, Antifa, if you really do want people to listen to you, drop the violence. Okay, so on to our next topic, CTE. So CTE, short for uh, Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy, um, is a progressive degenerative disease of the brain found in people with a history of repetitive brain trauma. So often when you see in uh, people with CTEs, irritability, aggression, speech and language disabilities, you know, a ton of problems that are um, in the brain, like you get dementia, and um, it's commonly found in many football players. Like 99% of deceased football players who donated their brains have been found to have CTE. Yeah, and so CTE is not just about getting concussions and getting hit in the head. It's about... So you might not get hit in the head, but you might still get affected by CT later on in your life. So body hits, any kind of hit really, it does affect you. Yeah, and a lot of people would say that the reason why 99% of NFL football players are, uh, are at risk of CTE is because in the NFL there's a lot of people there who are strong and you know, aggressive, but in college football, the statistic comes out to be 91% of college football players have CTE. And remember, college football players, these are young men who are range in the age from 18 to up to 24 years old. Yeah, and so it's, it's clearly there's a pattern between the two, the two um, basically the most violent yeah. sports you can find. And uh, CTE, and it's not just like a small problem where you, like later on in life you get dementia. Aaron Hernandez, a 27-year-old, was found to have CTE similar to someone who's in their 60s. And um, more than 100 former NFL players who've killed themselves were found to have CTE. Like, it's a big problem. It's not just an illness that, like, you might get when you're older that, like, leads to dementia. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that you brought up um, Aaron Hernandez. And so who was Aaron Hernandez? Some of you who are listening might think that. Um, Aaron Hernandez was a Patriots player, and he was found, he was found guilty for a first-degree matter over 2015 murder that he took part in. And so he was, he was 27 years old, and he killed himself earlier on this year. And so he donated, um, his family donated his brain to do the, 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 the study. And what they found was just shocking. And if, if this is happening to a 27-year-old, what about the, the people who play until they're 30? Tom Brady, who's like 40 right now, you know, we don't know. We don't, you can't test for CTE until they're dead because it's like in the brain and you can only see the symptoms and you can only see the problems that arise from it but you can't be no for sure and uh yep and so we're, we're seeing like um as you mentioned aaron hernandez um who was uh, found guilty for murder like uh if if what cte is doing to the brain can lead to like such bad things like 
I think it could be pretty serious, you know, and just um, all of football in general. If if this is happening to all of the players, like who who are playing football, there is a running theme. Yeah, like like I don't know that it could be something serious. And I mean, it's really putting the NFL at a very 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 risky place. As you know, lawsuits. These players, when they retire, they form unions and they do fight against the NFL. And the NFL essentially is the big bad guy. So, but you need to also remember this. You can't. This the NFL is not gonna stop for one reason. The NFL pretty much owns Sunday. Sun Sunday is pretty much a national holiday for football. It's the biggest sport in America. Well, it used to be now with the whole issue with uh place kneeling. Um, but it it owns a day. So therefore, there's so many people who watch it, so many people who support it. It would be so difficult to get rid of yeah, this. But if you cannot get rid of it, you must do something. Like some kids start playing football when they're eight, nine, and like should they this, be playing that yeah, young? Should they be playing that young? And we have to find better ways, like in practices, not do full contact, better helmets. There's many ways to fix it, and like we have to we have to find better ways, e- even if we can't fully get rid of football. Yeah. So back to what Sohei was saying and what Paul just said. I, I think like in our communities in in our schools and everything I think we've been seeing like a decrease in um, people signing up for football you know like especially at the younger ages I think I think there has definitely been a decrease you know the numbers have been going down and down and I this is definitely like a result of all the CTE and concussion situation but uh, I'm, the American the American culture is really built around football and even you'll see people who don't watch football that much they'll go to Thanksgiving games they'll watch the Super Bowl so I don't like even though we might have like lower numbers in signing up for football I think football is just still a, an integral part of the American culture yeah and then uh, sciencenewsforstudents.org actually released a study that showed that uh, college football players, uh, college athletes who play football have smaller hippocampuses. Hippocampuses is a part of your brain that you use for memory. And on top of that, they also released another another study that says your brain is not just affected um, with CTE. You have higher rates of getting insomnia, higher rates of getting Parkinson's disease, higher rates of getting uh, concussions, all of these things just from football. Yeah, these are huge problems. And if we can't end it, we have to at least find ways to limit the problems. And I don't think... We can never get to a point where football is completely safe, and I think that's definitely something that parents have to keep in mind when they're um, signing their kids up for a sport. And yeah, like there's many problems with football, and I don't think it's a perfect situation yet, or even if it ever will be. And uh, Paul, like ju- just as you were saying, I f- I feel like it would be very hard to like to change a whole sport that is based around contact and things like that. And you're talking about like doing something about the whole C- dangerous CTE situation, but I I think it would be like nearly nearly impossible you know to change like a whole whole culture and um um what would you call it um it's almost a living uh, yeah americans yeah, yeah. make a living off of football people even call it like a religion people right? people yeah they they basically call it a religion and everybody benefits from football the pizza companies TVs everyone make ads from it like but, nike everybody but actually I, I think that that might be the the bigger problem here is that nfl is a, the nfl is a giant you have to keep in mind yeah, it's they, a private corporation Sundays. it's a private corporation they money, yeah. and they they own advertising deals they own uh P- they they own they they have they own rights they own TV rights they, so they own so much can we really take down the NFL I don't think so it's, I mean and they, like for exa- sorry for cutting you off but for example um with the players kneeling the players they have the right to act they're exercising their you know their First Amendment but can we can the NFL really can we shut down the NFL can we combat the NFL in any way I don't think so we have been failing at that for quite some yeah, time many people actually tried to boycott games because of um the kneeling and uh, all the problems around that 
But and even then, like the numbers for football, they they've been staying the same. They've been remaining more or less that like. Yeah, I mean they lost a few sales, yeah. but that bounced back in a matter of two weeks. So it's it's quite hard, even on a, on a, on a issues that, that that basically would divide our country. The NFL still comes out on top. No advertisers pulled out. And yeah, so uh, the word actually the word out that I was actually looking for earlier was community. Basically, the NFL is a huge community, and I, the numbers are not going down as you were just saying. So I f- it it would you would not be able to take it down, you know, or at least not for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, the core base is remaining the same. Yeah, and basically, if you're going to sign up your son, or if you're, if you're a high school student or a middle school student, at some point, elementary student, if you are going to sign up for football or sign up your son for football, you need to know that there is, there is a lot of danger out there. It's not just a head hit. It could be, you know, a body tackle. Any kind of hit that you're getting is essentially affecting you. Ultimately, it's affecting your brain. So you make that decision as a parent. You, you have to look at... Are you willing to take that risk or not? Mm-hmm. And if, if these other sports that your son or daughter could be, w- w- is interested in, I would really advise, think about those sports. Yeah, it's definitely a discussion you have to have and uh, you have to think about, like, you know? Yeah, and so um, we have, and the, Her- the, Aaron, Hernandez, uh, the Her- Aaron Hernandez case, that's, that's what, that's, I mean, that's a great thing. It's sad what happened, but that's, it, it, it opens our eyes because there's definitely, there's a question mm-hmm. Was his, you know, because he, he was a very aggressive man, and did the CTE possibly cause his death? That's the big question. It's, a, it's like a, it's a, it's a sad thing. It's also a scary thing, you know. As you're saying, if, if you're showing the parents that are sending their kids up for uh, football and all that, like, if you're showing, if, you're, if they find out, like, that, that this possibly could have happened because of CTE, you know, the whole Aaron Hernandez situation, I think that definitely would drop the numbers in, in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul? But, like, one problem is many people think this is a positive good and that Aaron Hernandez's family can uh, sue the NFL, maybe get a great, great thing in court. But what the NFL does is they'll settle it out of court, they'll give it hush money, and, like, honestly, like, the family, maybe they'll make them sign a thing where they can't talk about it in public, they can't, like, mention it, and they'll essentially, like, shut them up. Yep. For, and they're a money-making machine, so they're going to shut them up, and the, the well-being of the player is second behind money. Yeah, and actually, this ties in. I was watching a documentary the other day, and these NFL players, when you see them on Sunday Night Football, they're, they're running on painkillers. The, the team doctors are giving them all this medicine so that they can keep running it because they do take hard hits in the game. And so it's these over and over again, the NFL has always put money in front of players. The NFL wants to see a player go out there and have hard hits. They don't really care what happens after. Yeah, they want they the really highlight don't. reel. They want the highlight reel. And, and that's how the NFL works. So you really, as a football player, you really have to sit down and, and decide, are you willing to, to, in, to incur the, the, the cost of playing football? Is it really worth it to you? And personally, I, I wouldn't think it's worth it to me. And on top of that long-term uh, cost, I used to play football, actually, and... Um, there, my grades, for example, and not just me, many other kids, and um, we all played more than one sport, whether it be uh, fall and winter, fall and spring, or all all three seasons. But we would do really, really good dur- during the seasons that we didn't play football. And I think that has to do with something that football messes up your brain, like like short term and long term. All right. So our final topic tonight is the UCLA players called shoplifting in China. So Leangelo Ball, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill were caught in a Louis Vuitton store stealing a pair of sunglasses in China. And so these are UCLA players, and many may argue that UCLA is the the one of the better um, college basketball programs. And so it's just very sad that 
these adults are they're they're doing petty thefts and it's it's funny because during the time that they did this um donald trump or president donald trump was was in was in asia specifically in china and essentially he ended up bailing them out and i was just wondering what would have happened if Donald Trump didn't bail them out? Uh, well, if Donald Trump didn't bail them out, then they would be looking at a sentence for three to 10 years in prison because that's what it, the average sentence is for the Chinese man or woman for shoplifting. Mm-hmm. But to go back, like these are UCLA players representing UCLA and they're on tour in China, right? With the UCLA team, they're representing UCLA, America, colleges, the basketball conference, they're rep- like, and they're giving such a bad reputation because this is what the Chinese people see. They see a very famous figure, Liangelo Ball, he's a prominent figure, coming to the country and stealing things and like that's what they see in americans right because like if this is who we respect if this is who we idolize this is who we are right as people and paul um you mentioned uh leandro ball also so leandro ball and both of his brothers um they've been a big name in in basketball now and especially with their company and everything I think that Leandro definitely should know better, you know. This could only hurt their company that, that's been growing and gaining popularity now. And they have so much money, right? Like, it's Yeah, they crazy. do. Yeah, you Lamel- have to keep in mind that his brother is in the NBA. Yeah, he signed a contract for $33 million with the Lakers. And then the father, LeVar, sells his sh- uh, the shoes for 495 bucks. And on top of that, they have a TV show called Ball in the Family. So I'm pretty sure if they wanted to buy sunglasses, they could buy out the whole store. His 16-year-old younger brother has a Lamborghini. And this is, like, it's... It's so interesting because UCLA actually suspended them from playing, so they're not allowed to play for the team until further notice. And they're, they're trying to make them earn it back, but I don't think they should even be able to earn it back. It's such a bad rep. And I know Leangelo Ball, like many people wanted him to like have a career in basketball, go to the NBA, and this might, this might hurt it, but like this is a good message to send. Like If you want to represent America and, and UCLA and all the colleges and basketball conferences, you have to... You have to you have to act like someone that can be respected. Yeah, and, and the note of representing, you have to understand that we're giving you a privilege to go to UCLA. We're giving you a privilege to to play in the NBA, right? We in UCLA, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a public school, mm-hmm. right? So the taxpayers are paying for that. And if you, as someone who's getting this privilege, you're going to not carry the name of UCLA in the proper manner, then you don't deserve any chances. I, I truly think that he should not be allowed to play for UCLA for at least a year or just permanently not be because as of now, he only has an indefinite suspension and that's really a way for UCLA to get out of, to get out of punishing him in the right way as they could give him a, a three months, one month. They can really determine whichever way they want. And Paul, what were you saying that they could um, lighten the suspension or make it shorter? They could get rid of it at any moment. Like next game, if they want to put Leandro Ball in, they can decide to put him in. Um, so yeah, as you were saying, I, I don't think that the suspension should be lightened because uh, let's look at it this way. It's not like um, it's a high school student who had five detentions and the principal is thinking of you know cutting it down to two or three. President Trump had to get them out of this situation, you know. God knows where they would be right now if it weren't for Trump. So this is a very big deal, and I don't think the university should be taking it lightly. And the Chinese government has been very tough on, on, on the Chinese citizens themselves. And they, they, it, it's rumored that if you, know, if you commit, if you commit you know, petty, petty, petty crimes, you, you, you'd end up going to jail for three to, three to ten years. And I'm just, I can't imagine what would have happened if if Trump didn't bail them out, mm-hmm. really, it's and it, it it's sad. It's sad as it just shows the lack the lack of respect and the lack of responsibilities that these young men have. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. They're they're picking them for their basketball talent, and they're getting full ride scholarships, and they're not even checking to see if they're what kind of people they are. They're just taking them for their basketball skills, and that's fine. But like, they still have to make sure that they behave and that when they represent our country and everyone here, 
that they do it in a good manner that we can we can accept, right? And and just for that, they they truly they do need to get punished, mm-hmm. and it's it's sad. It's really sad. This is what it has become. It's th- th- these people that a lot of kids look up to them, and it's the same matter as we talked about a few weeks ago with Tiger Woods. People look up to you, and you decide to make bad decisions. You decide to have lack of respect and lack of responsibility. And on, on top of you, talk, um, when you were talking about how they were uh, privileged for being at UCLA. Two of these three players have scholarships. They're being they're being able to play at this school where it has an amazing basketball program and a prestigious level for education. And what they do is they destroy their reputation by shoplifting. And you have to make it clear: their the, their the tuition is paid by mm-hmm. taxpayers. And some people will argue, like you say, players like they're not given like a pay, and they should be given a pay. That's an argument by many people. But this isn't like stealing food or like having help for food no they're stealing a pair of sunglasses it's sunglasses it's just it's absurd it's, it's, crazy. it's a matter of self-control mm-hmm. at that point it's a matter of self-control and uh, we, we, mm-hmm. we, we want to end on that note and it's it's sad it's really sad we i really don't know what's happening the the college campus is breaking down and it's with this petty things there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of allegations coming out against college campuses there's a lot of things just going wrong and we need to fix that and this is an example of what we need to fix this is small risk lack of respect and lack of responsibility we need to we need to put that in these young men i think we had the opportunity to make a huge example of them um this suspension where it's indefinite maybe it'll lead to a very long suspension but we don't know and o- overall i think they should have just been i mean even kicked out of the school yeah this could've. is a life lesson yeah. moment for not just the three young men mm-hmm. but for multiple multiple other high schoolers and middle mm-hmm. schools growing up So that has been it for the Humble High School podcast today. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.